Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Alex, this is going to be a one-cut open. Are you ready? Why did President Biden suggest that Kyle Rittenhouse on trial in Kenosha is a white supremacist? So, Peter, what I'm not going to speak to right now is anything about an ongoing trial, uh, nor the president's past comments. Uh, What I can reiterate for you is the president's uh, view uh, that we shouldn't have, broadly speaking, uh, vigilantes patrolling our communities with assault weapons. We shouldn't have opportunists corrupting peaceful protests by rioting and burning down the communities they claim to represent. This, um, that's all you really need to know. Mm-hmm. This administration is so vile, so fork-tongued, and so, at the same time, easily... Um, easily identifiable as being disingenuous and with everything they say that I don't know at this point what they can do. This is such a cynical administration. It's so... And you know what the, the problem is? Is that at a time right now where a little bit of... a little bit of accountability or a hat-in-hand approach to the American people. And you don't have to do it. I understand the Fox News guy is there, so, you know. Mm-hmm. But a, ha- a hat-in-hand approach a little bit to just Americans. I- in any number of the more than 60% of Americans who now hate you and think that you, you're failing them, a hat-in-hand approach would be the appropriate, humane thing to do. But l- w- this answer is so... Uh, is it, it so uh, illustrates how cynical this administration is? He asks why Biden called uh, a, a Rittenhouse a white supremacist. Mm-hmm. 
she said that she can't talk about the trial right now. Although that wouldn't be talking about the trial. That would be talking about some her jackass. The talking that somebody else already did <laughs> right, about it. Right. Who already said something. Which she could say that it was a whatever. Instead, she said, no, I can't talk about the trial right now. And then goes to say things that would absolutely influence the tr- trial. Right. It's a, listen to it again. It is really the uh, the epitome of cynical and toxic. And it's it's it re- remarkable that this is the direction that they want their messaging to go in. Why did President Biden suggest that Kyle Rittenhouse on trial in Kenosha is a white supremacist? So, Peter, what I, I'm not going to speak to right now is anything about an ongoing trial, uh, nor the president's past comments. Uh, what I can reiterate for you is the president's uh, view uh, that we shouldn't have, broadly speaking, uh, vigilantes patrolling our communities with assault weapons. We shouldn't have opportunists corrupting peaceful protests by rioting and burning down the communities they claim to represent. Can you hear that, Jerry? You hear that? Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully they can't. Are they, like, sequestered now? I don't know. And I don't know what to what extent that, that really means anything, how airtight anything is. But it just, I mean, I don't even know what to say. They, this, I, I miss, I'm lacking the words to describe the administration, but this poll that came out yesterday that we talked about is devastating. Right. Nobody trusts these people. And not only about that, and to take a step away from politics, people are actually hurting. Everything they said about the inflation being transitory is no longer operative. They're pretending they never said that or that that's why we need new legislation. Or that transitory meant a couple years. Right. And it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So, but it's not it's not over. You know, they can't stop it. On the state of America right now, inflation obviously at a 31-year high right now. Americans are seeing their dollars, their paychecks. Uh, stretched right now. Why should Americans not be concerned that injecting another $1.75 trillion or more would further raise inflation? Because no economist out there is projecting that this will have a negative impact on inflation. Uh, and actually, what it will help do is it will help cr- increase economic productivity. It's, uh, it will help uh, economic growth in this country. Uh, that and the Build Back Better agenda will help reduce inflation, will help cut costs for the American people over the long term. <clears throat> to say no economist is predicting high, higher inflation is... Um, Remarkable. Yeah. It's completely in the polar opposite direction. And it's lying to the American people about their spending dollar. At, mm-hmm. at a time when they're, at least in some parts of the country, home heating prices are going to more than double. At a time when the the uh, the, the dollar is worth less, like they said, than it has been in quite a long time. This is not going to be fixed anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let me read you what Larry Summers tweeted about this last night. He uh, tweeted a Bloomberg article by John Authors, and he said uh, he reviews the various measures and arguments used to minimize inflation over the last nine months and concludes that the argument is over. 
He is right. His piece should be required reading at the Fed Board of Governors, Treasury, and White House. It's not base year effects. Two-year inflation rates from before COVID are now apparently high. It's not just a few components. Mean, trimmed mean, median, specifically selected core measures are all way up. It's not just mean reverting transitory components. Sticky price measures are apparently up as well. Inflation expectations in surveys and in five-year financial instruments are no longer anchored. Massive increases in house prices and market rents have not yet fed into the CPI, where shelter is 40% of the core measure. With wages having lagged behind prices recently, COLAs coming back, quit and vacancy rates continuing to rise from record levels, and hiring bonuses played out as wage inflation is surely likely to accelerate. Meme stocks, startups, NFTs, retail option buying are all manifesting reminiscent of late 1999 and the fall of 1929. Uh, So I would say that that's a pretty dire way of talking about it. He also went after Krugman last night and said... Krugman continues his efforts to minimize the inflation threat to the American economy and progressive politics by pointing to the fact that inflation surged and then there was a year of deflation after World War II. If this is the best argument for not being alarmed that someone as smart, rhetorically effective, and committed as Paul can make, my anxiety about inflation is increased. Pervasive price controls were removed after the war. Economists know that measured prices with controls are artificial, so subsequent inflation proves little. Millions of soldiers were returning home, and a massive demobilization was in effect. Nothing like the current pervasive labor shortage was present. It was only 15 years since the price level had fallen 25%. That 1948 Samuelson text graphed the price level rather than the inflation rate through time. Psychology was radically different. And then he says, if monetary policy stays with what the Fed now projects and has no break in asset markets and economy grows reasonably rapidly, inflation returns by the end of next year to the 2% range, I will have been wrong and excessively alarmist in my warning. Paul, what will cause you to admit you've been wrong? Because this is, I mean, like, and to be fair, he was saying this and we were mad at him last Mm -hmm. December because he said, if you give the American people $1,000 checks, then there will be inflation. But this goes beyond the $1,000 checks. And that was Tom Shadaquani wanting to get paid. Well, right. But but more than that, like, it's not just about, Mm -hmm. at that time, tons of businesses were still closed. So it wasn't a question of labor shortage. You know, we didn't have a labor shortage last December. Right. Like everything was being closed by states that weren't letting people work, that wanted to work and had jobs. So at that point in time, there were still people who were desperate, who needed money, and it made sense to give them money. Biden extended unemployment further. He spent not just those thousand dollars, you know, to give people that money, but he spent all kinds of other money as well, including the increased child tax credit and all that stuff, including making that a monthly payment, which has had a huge impact. And I mean, we talked yesterday about like the rise in the anti-work people. That's like driving up the cost of labor enormously. Mm-hmm. So, Obama's guy, Furman, also said the same thing. Right. Has been warning against it. But we're dropping more money into the economy. More people more mm-hmm. are going to have more money with not enough stuff to buy. Right. And the Build Back Better makes that worse. Yes. Because you're going to pay people's child care. You're going to extend this monthly payment child tax credit thing. You're going to like continue to pour money onto a raging fire. And it just seems nuts to me. Like $1,000 or whatever we decided it was, $2,000 checks for people last December was a different situation than like 
let's keep giving the Shaddix $1,000 a month right now for all eternity. Like, that seems nuts to me when you have an right. inflation crisis this big. We hadn't had an inflation crisis yet last December. No, like, and it seems like it's it would be never-ending. Because just as a consumer goes, okay, so the $7 spaghetti sauce now goes to $11. Mm-hmm. The $3 spaghetti sauce now goes to $7. So people look at this, the $11 spaghetti sauce, and say, it's not worth that. They, so then they hit the the cheaper spaghetti sauce, the grade B spaghetti sauce. Mm-hmm. So they have to ramp up demand. And now the, the $11 spaghetti sauce, suddenly they need to decrease supply. I mean, I mean supply I'm talking about. They need to decrease mm-hmm. supply, which means possibly decreasing workforce again, but certainly decreasing output because nobody can afford the expensive stuff. Unless they sell at a loss, and then suddenly there's a a um, you're out of the the B level crappy spaghetti sauce. There's a run on that, mm-hmm. and, and so meanwhile no- the other spaghetti sauce company can't order the lids that they're supposed to be able to right. get, so they're not putting out any. Like it's just madness. Yeah, and it's like it, it's. It's like a tornado. You just have to wait till it settles and leaves. And the Biden administration is like, well, you know what? We'll just give people a little more money and that'll solve it. Like, But it won't because it's a more complex underlying problem than that. And you can't like... You can't spend your way out of it. It's a, it's a big problem. And so, and probably what's going to happen, the Fed's probably going to end up raising interest rates as well at some point here. How does that affect us? I mean... Does it affect us? We don't have an adjustable, do we? No, we don't have anything adjustable. Okay. Okay. Oh, <laughs> most of our uh, <laughs> most of our interest rates for our cards have been raised. I would say probably because we've been sanctioned. Um, let's see. It, it is it is remarkable, and the there's just no there's no desire to level with people. They've got no, and I wonder like at this point. What is the goal? You've got a Democratic, the D triple C, whatever, is out there trying to field candidates, getting ready for races next year. So what is the goal? Wouldn't, if you were Biden, wouldn't you try to ameliorate the pain? Or is the goal, that would seem seem like the sober voices would say, hey, we need Democrats to hold seats or else we're effed. Unless there's more influence to say, you know what, let it burn. And let's ram through some progressive spending measures. Well, so this is an interesting question because there are some people starting to say, you know, Biden should hold off on Build Back Better. Obviously, that's going to piss a bunch of people off because the Democrats got through the other thing, the bipartisan bill, Mm -hmm. on the basis of the understanding that they were going to go forward with the Build Back Better. Manchin never said that he's going to Manchin go- never said, which is why AOC and the squad voted against the bipartisan bill, but Nancy Pelosi was able to grab enough Republicans to make it happen anyway without them. But they didn't trust that the Build Back Better would actually come to fruition, which they're probably right, because now Manchin's saying he thinks with the inflation happening, they should hold off and wait. And the people in the House that promised they would do the Build Back Better plan, the they did a thing that said, like, we agree to vote for it as long as the cost projections come back as what the White House is telling us they're going to be. Because part of the problem was they didn't have a CBO score yet. So they were saying, we don't want to promise to vote for something when we haven't seen a CBO score. But th- that's the hard infrastructure. No, no, no. 
the well, build back better, there's no CBO score. Yeah, but there's no CBO score for the hard infrastructure yet either. That there is, yeah. Well, I don't think so. Yeah, that's going to cost $1.2 trillion. That's where no, that number that comes from. No, but that's their tally. That's different than the CBO score. But anyway, but I was gonna, I was going somewhere with this. Step on husband. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Poor me. Just they didn't I... want to vote on Build Back Better because there's no CBO score, right? So they said essentially, we don't want to promise to vote for something without having seen a CBO score. But what we'll do is we'll promise to vote for it as long as the CBO score comes back in line with the bipartisan. It comes back with what the White House is telling us. As long as it this. You know, build back better plan costs what the White House says it's going to cost, then we'll vote for it. We promise. As long as it costs that amount. However, this is from the New York Times today. Um, Biden's reliance on IRS enforcement to pay for a $1.85 trillion bill hits a snag. President Biden's pledge to fully pay for his $1.85 trillion social policy and climate spending package depends in large part on having beefed up Internal Revenue Service crack down on tax evaders, which the White House says will raise hundreds of billions of dollars in revenue. But the director of the nonpartisan CBO said on Monday that the IRS proposal would lead far, yield far less than the White House was counting on to help pay for its bill, about $120 billion versus the $400 billion that the administration is counting on. A formal tally is expected to be released Friday, but the projection by Philip Swagel, who has the budget office, could pose a setback for Mr. Biden's domestic policy legislation. Uh, which is already facing steep hurdles in the House and Senate. The White House has begun bracing lawmakers for a disappointing estimate from the budget office, which is likely to find that the cost of the overall package will not be fully paid for with new tax revenue over the coming decade. Senior administration officials are urging lawmakers to disregard the budget office assessment, saying it's being overly conservative in its calculations and failing to properly credit the return on investment of additional IRS resources and overlooking the deterrent effects that a more aggressive tax collection agency will have on cheats. In this case, I think we've made a very strong case for the CBO not having an accurate score. So... This is interesting because they're already prepping lawmakers. It's now, I show it being Monday. The score doesn't come out till Friday. Right. We're still four days away from even having a score, and they're already saying that they don't think the score is going to be accurate and they should listen to the White House and not the CBO anyway. I mean, can you imagine the audacity? To, it's like the same thing as with the stupid vaccine mandate that's supposed to start January 4th, and the court said, uh... No, you actually don't have the authority to do this, and this is going to get killed in court, and we don't want people enforcing it until it goes through the court system. And the Biden administration goes, no, we want the businesses to enforce it anyway, even though, yeah. you know, like, it's like, right. it's like they're saying, we're giving you this estimate, and the CBO is like, that's not an accurate estimate. That's not the what this is going to cost and the Biden administration is saying like ignore the CBO they're wrong ignore the courts they're wrong we're right just listen to us we're well, that, better that we're thing about ignoring the courts mm -hmm. uh, on this vaccine mandate that is absolute impeachable I would say absolutely so. that is Andrew Jackson uh, you know saying go to hell Supreme Court on the trail of tears even though they said stop it he said nope not stopping anything that is yeah that is a remarkable thing. But I mean, this is the same thing. Them saying like, you know, an institution that's always been perceived to be nonpartisan, like the CBO, <clears throat> yep. saying, 
no, just ignore them. They're wrong. We're right. Just These accept it face are... value. This bill's going to cost $0. We said it. We believe it. That's it. The CBO's wrong. Like, what? It hasn't even come out with an estimate yet, and the Biden administration is already saying they're wrong. Like, it's just incredible. Uh, it, I mean, like, Biden really is acting like he is the entire government just himself. Yeah. L'état c'est moi. It's Biden. Like, that's They're incredible. just doing it. You know, yeah, they are. They are. It's, it, man, who knew? Who knew that such a dark and toxic yeah. administration would happen? And you just, it's its remarkable. But, mm-hmm. you know, you just figured that he's stupid fine and he's 106. I understand that. But you'd figured that he had been around Washington. He's got to be just being intimidated. He doesn't, he he's lost his, <clears throat> he, he's got no... Well, or I think, too, maybe he doesn't realize how, like, far off the rails progressive activists and people have gotten, right? Like, you know, when he does these things, you know, he's putting out this executive order that says that, you know, he wants to make OSHA enforce vaccine mandates and like he's getting advice from somebody that's telling mm-hmm. him they think they're doing it in a legal way just like trump got advice from people who told him stuff was le- i mean people were telling him overthrowing the election was legal you had Sidney powell out there saying stuff oh, yeah. and lynn wood saying stuff that was that you know just like wasn't defensible constitutional law and like you know biden same thing like but you as president have to choose who to listen to and who not and i think maybe like the fact that some of these figures that have been in the past respected on the left but are just like totally off the rails like lawrence tribe who supposedly told him to go ahead with the cdc eviction moratorium people are telling him that he has the legal authority to do this and he's just like okay if they're telling me i can do it then Mm. i'm gonna do it and like he doesn't realize that they're as wacko as Sidney powell like yeah no i think that it i mean i mean that's the most benign explanation but like so the court Part of when the court overthrew this, I meant to say this yesterday, but we just never got to it. And yesterday was already a long show. But um, when the court threw out or not threw out, but like paused this mandate while it works its way through the legal system. Part of what they said, they called it staggeringly overbroad and said Mm -hmm. he didn't have the authority. And they cited as evidence that he didn't have the authority. Ron Klain retweeting somebody calling the thing a workaround because it is a workaround because and they the court cited that in the document. They said the White House chief of, chief of staff is retweeting people who are saying this is a workaround to do something that you don't really have the authority to do. It's outside of OSHA's purview to tell people to get vaccinated. And and it's just, it's interesting that, you know, that the court is like using the things that they actually say. Again, it reminds me a little of some of the Trump things, you know, like that courts were throwing this back at him like, you know, that the Muslim ban probably would have been okay if Trump had never called it a Muslim ban. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. Like, it's sort of, uh, you know, it's a little, they're being a little too cute. And the courts are calling them out on it, essentially. Well, it, but this is different. They're they're defying the court. Right. No, They're absolutely con- defying the court. I mean, that that's a problem. That's a constitutional problem. Yeah, but so maybe this is more like maybe he knows he doesn't really have the authority to do it, and he well, then, just... but, but Alice, that's when 
That was your opportunity. You say we're going to mandate vaccines. You show that you're all in. The court says you can't do it. He says, hey, I tried. That was the opportunity. Right. Which I mean, he's been which doing is with kind other of what stuff. he did with the CDC right. eviction moratorium is Cory Bush pressured him and he yes. said, fine, I'll do it. And then the court threw it out. And he was like, can oh, you well. imagine that? Some loudmouth eating Oreos <laughs> sitting outside. And that's enough to make him say, OK, we'll say it again. You know what? He probably is. <clears throat> I think this is the this situation is he's scared to death. They're scared to death. All of them in that White House of woke Twitter. And it's got a direct line to the communication shop, to Klain, to whoever is around Biden. I think Dr. Jill is aware of it, maybe through the grandkids or something. I mean, certainly Kamala <clears throat> had that as a huge problem through her whole campaign, is she was too aware of woke Twitter. Yeah. And so, but it really, it does make you wonder about who's running the show at the administration because... Well, and also, to hear, you never heard that Trump and the president's people had, there was discordant uh, atmosphere. Right. Ever, ever. And to, to think that the two camps are at each other now mm-hmm. in the White House. Yeah, and the leaks and so, are going on. There were news stories today about Kamala and stuff. Yes, and this ain't Omarosa having a fight with somebody there. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yes. Oh, tell them to James can charge tell it. Tell them that they have to charge it. In tell my them room. mommy said they have to charge it. They're charging it. Okay, good. Okay, okay. we'll see you later. All That's right. great. They'll do it. Okay. They uh, are. They right, probably good. also have my phone, I think. Perfect. There you go. Here. Why don't you go with them and ask them? Okay. Well, I know the phone So... Long story short, the administration knows they're in big trouble and they don't seem to know what to do about it because the only thing they have to offer for the policy agenda is stalled now, perhaps permanently, and the all their other prescriptions are getting thrown out in court and it's unclear if they know how to handle it besides stomping their feet and demanding that people do what they say anyway, even though the court threw it out. I mean, uh, speaking but, but, of other... I mean, Alice, you would think... You said that something like you you doubt that Build Back Better is going to whatever. If you're the administration, you would make a major pivot right now to stop the bleeding. The more they talk about this and debate it and go out there and say it's paid for and it's going to pay for itself and that it's going to it's going to cure the uh, recession. I'm sorry, the 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 inflation and go out there and say that the reason you got blown out a couple weeks ago is because people want to build back better plan. The more they're running on this, the more they're moving this campaigning, this Build Back Better campaign, the more the fire is spreading. I mean, what do they want to do? Get down to 26%? You know? I mean, I don't know what what exactly. They can't lose that many more Democrats. You know, generally there are more Democrats who are polled in these polls than Republicans. Right. I mean, what do you want to to, do? You know, have strong... He uh, wants to find out how low his approval rating can go. Right. But sheer millions of people, he's losing. Well, he's arrested Steve Bannon, so he has that now. Which is also just also just BS, you know? Yeah, it's just insane 
It's a, yeah, and then you know they had uh, was Holder was um, contempt of Congress. You know, uh, the AG, the Attorney General for that did nothing against him at that time. Mm-hmm. Of course, that was he, but he's a good Democrat and etc. I mean, so this is this happens is hassling of people. My only thing that I like is that Bannon seems to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it is it is BS, and the more people see this, the more they say, "What are you freaking doing, you pe? What are you doing?" Yeah, because that was something, honestly, that a lot of people didn't like about Trump. They didn't like him threatening to arrest Hillary Clinton and other stuff. Like, it makes people uncomfortable when you try and arrest members of the opposing political party and stuff. Like, it just doesn't seem good. So you generally, like, you're trying to avoid it. But it's clear that he's now, like, he's flailing. And he's doing authoritarian, you know, bad things as he's flailing mm-hmm. he's like i don't know how to stop covid so i'm gonna mandate stuff that i don't have the right to mandate i don't know how to stop inflation so i'm gonna yell at you all to pass this bill i don't know how to like fix the elections that we're going to lose because we're terrible so i'm gonna demand that you pass quote voting rights legislation like we're just gonna flail around <laughs> and yell at you oh we're gonna solve january 6th that's what we're gonna do now we're gonna arrest d bannon for planning an insurrection quote unquote like come on please it's just like I th- there's a chance that he's foolish enough or they're foolish enough some of them anyway to think that they came in with a mandate which they did not Nobody voted for Joe Biden to do anything other than not be Donald Trump. Right. So That was the whole mandate, was <clears throat> right. act normal. If there was a mandate, it was don't be crazy. That was right. the mandate. <clears throat> the voters overwhelmingly voted for don't be crazy. Right. And he's being 30 times crazier than Trump ever was on his worst day. Yes. There's no doubt about that. You know, I want to since we talked a little bit about the COVID meaning of COVID. I want to play this. This is Fauci from the weekend. Did we play this yesterday? We didn't. Um, no, we didn't. So this, I find this fairly freaking shocking. Okay. By the way, we are seeing something that is really interesting, and I'd like to get a little bit more unpacking of it with you in in a bit. Mm-hmm. And that is, we're starting to see waning immunity against infection and waning immunity in the beginning aspect against hospitalization. And if you look at Israel, Mm -hmm. which has always been a month to a month and a half ahead of us in the dynamics of the outbreak, in their vaccine response, and in every other element of the outbreak, they are seeing a waning of immunity, not only against infection, but against hospitalizations and to some extent, death, which is starting to now involve all age groups. It isn't just the elderly. Mm. So do we have a vaccine or not? Does this effing thing work or not? And so, so no, wait. So now kids are now dying of co- all, all age groups? No, they're not. Not all age groups. So either the Fauci from four months ago was dishonest or this Fauci is dishonest. This is dishonest, I would say. I would say that the I would say that I think the harping on the lack of effectiveness of the vaccine is overblown. To get boosters and vaccinations. Yeah. Okay. So if one looks back at this, one can say, do you know it isn't as if a booster is a bonus, but a booster might actually be an essential part 
of the primary regimen that people should have. Effing fire this guy. Yeah. Get out of here. You're done. Get out of here. Here's my issue, right? So the issue is that we started off this whole like vaccine thing with the information that we had on the time at the time. So we did a study over a period of time and saw that it prevented infection and serious illness in a large percentage of people. Right. So like it reduces your risk quite a bit, not a hundred percent, but a lot. Um, That being said, they didn't test out like a bunch of different regimens to see like how many shots is the best. How far apart do you space them? A lot of people think the initial shots should have been spaced out further than they were to get maximum effectiveness. So essentially, we did like the best regimen that existed at the time with the information that we had. Now they're guessing. There still hasn't been a lot of stuff tested against each other. They still don't know. Probably mixing shots gives a better immune response over time than than not mixing them. But, like, again, they don't really know. And it's like the kid thing where I was saying, like, I don't think they've perfected this dosing schedule yet. I don't think they have the right – they haven't, like, hit on the perfect amount of, like, vaccine for, like, risks versus – of side effects versus benefits. And really, you're probably going to have to wait a few years to know, like – you know, what's the best option. But him to go out here and say, like, well, now we think everybody should have boosters. Like, there's not information to say that yet. You know what I mean? Like, they don't know what the right amount is. They don't know if six months is a good time to get a booster or, like, a year later. Like, the childhood vaccine schedule that we have now has been settled on over, like, years and years and years of figuring out what the the best vaccine schedule is to get like the maximum efficacy with the fewest number of shots. They don't know that right now. So for him to sit here and say like a booster is a necessary part, like it's just, they don't know that either. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, <clears throat> so I'll the, guys, wait and the see. guy who sold us our house told us confidently that the shed had full electricity. Oh yeah. Yep. Fully electric. Totally works. Now we bought the whole house, etc., and the and then we go into the shed when we bought the house, and the shed, in fact, had no electricity. That's a lot different than full electricity. Mm-hmm. It really limits what you're able to do in there. It's a totally different real uh, reality. So, but that guy is in the business of selling houses, right? This guy apparently is primarily in the business of selling vaccines. And the 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 you know credibility <clears throat> of what he says. I mean, I'm, he doesn't seem to care. If it's seventy five percent, he'll say a hundred. If it's a hundred, he'll say a hundred and thirty. He mm-hmm. this guy. Yeah, is, he's saying what he thinks he needs to say, and he's saying right. what he thinks he needs to say right now to get people to do what he wants them to do, which is get more boosters and stuff. But. I mean, there there truly just isn't the information to make any declarative statements about about what the best dosing schedule is for COVID vaccines. And the truth is that, like, any shot is probably better for than no shot. Like, for example, a lot of countries, like, have decided not to offer teenagers a second shot or in some cases not to offer teenagers the shots at all. I mean, like, this is not... 
I'm not talking about something that's like a French conspiracy theory. I'm talking about like whole other countries have decided on different dosing schedules. So there's no reason to like put any kind of stock in like particular numbers other than the fact that the original dosing schedule, the like three weeks or the four weeks if it's Moderna or the one shot if it's J&J, that's just what's tested. So like J&J probably needed a second shot to begin with, but that's not what they tested in their, you know, trial design. So that's not what you got. But like, so like one shot of like Pfizer is probably about as effective as like one shot of J&J. The whole thing about like fully vaccinated versus not vaccinated at all there's like a range, right, of how vaccinated you are. And like, it's just about decreasing risks of things, you know, and and generally you have better immunity if you wait longer between shots. But again, that's not what was tested. Probably have to wait a while and see like with different people who get different uh, doses at different times, like how the immunity plays out. But for now, like everybody who got at least one shot of anything is like somewhat more protected than they were before. The problem is that he is he, it's as if he's speaking a foreign language. Mm-hmm. What he knows to be true, when he says it to us in English common parlance of everyday people, he's he doesn't know how to speak this language. So He's leaving out a bunch of information. Right. Right. No, he doesn't want to be upfront with what he knows and what he doesn't know. Because the truth is, he doesn't know that much. Like, and, you know, and that would be fine. Like, it would be fine to say we don't know that much if they didn't care whether people get vaccinated or not. But he doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't want people to hear, we just don't know that much. And you're going to have to look at it and make a decision for yourself. He wants to say, we absolutely know what the best thing is and we're going to mandate all of you to do it. And Joe Biden's going to mandate that, like, your job is going to make you do it or you're going to lose your job. Like, And so that's a really different situation, obviously. That's why he has to act like he's certain, even though he doesn't have these answers. Which is a great way to degrade trust, obviously. Well, obviously. And then they wonder why nobody wants to take any shots at all. Right. And then you look at this. There's a press release today from the NIH, which is the over umbrella agency that Fauci works for. Long-term study of children with COVID-19 begins. NIH-supported research will track effects of COVID-19 infection on children over three years. So you would wonder why, okay, fine, why didn't this start last year or any of this other time? But Okay, fine. And that was my first takeaway. So I'm reading it. A large long-term study of the impacts of COVID on children is enrolled in its first this is, remember, a press release. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So it says it's going to track in Bethesda, Maryland, the study, which is supported by the National Institute of Allergy. In fact, NIAD, part of the National Data, will track up to 1,000 children. So it goes through of uh, this, the X's and O's of who they're going to track and et cetera. Second paragraph. Remember, this is a press release. Okay. Because in the news, you write off of press releases. Second paragraph. In the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic, initial data suggested that children were less likely to suffer from severe cases of COVID-19 than older people. However, among the 6 million reported pediatric COVID-19 cases, COVID-19 cases in the United States, 6 million. Now, that's a whole damn new number. However, among the 6 million reported pediatric COVID-19 cases in the United States, mm-hmm. 
many children have experienced significant acute and long-term effects of the disease. Uh-huh. Although increasing numbers of children are becoming eligible to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. Wow, the fact that 6 million kids are got really sick and have acute symptoms comes right before the although increasing number of the uh, flyer for the vaccine. Although increasing numbers of children are becoming eligible to receive a vaccine, the vaccine uh, the lack of vaccine-derived protection for most children has made this age group especially vulnerable to infection. In addition, kids can suffer from a suite of inflammatory symptoms collectively called multi-system inflammatory syndrome it's so rare. in children it's so that can rare. affect multiple organs and lead to severe illness. Yeah. A miski can arise when a child initially appeared to be asymptomatic for COVID. This is a press release. In other words, that's going to go in the body of the article you're to write up or in the copy that you're going to see read, read on CNN. <clears throat> Next we have, which comes with all press releases, you got to get a quote from somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Guess who was available for the quote for their press release? Dr. Anthony Fauci. Yes. He says, oh, no, although we know that children are vulnerable uh, for COVID-19, we still don't have a clear picture on how COVID affects them in the long term. So I am starting to feel like I am being effing manipulated and lied to here in a press release. But this is meant all this stuff. To say kids, six million kids can get it. Yeah. So tomorrow I'm going to have some idiot talk to me in the phone and say, you know, six million kids got it. And it's very serious. You can see the CDC audience. Now, wh when they put the stuff here. So are they not going to recommend that the six million kids that already got it get the vaccine? I don't know. But it said, but listen to this. If you're going to give information over for the press to disseminate to billions of people, <clears throat> it seems to me that you would have specifics. However, among the 6 million reported pediatric cases in the United States, many children have experienced significant acute and long-term effects. What does many mean? I don't know. What does that mean? Does that mean among the 6 million, 5 million? Or does no. that mean 27? What it does many mean? Very few. Although increasing numbers of children are becoming eligible to receive vaccine, the lack of vaccine protection for most children has made this age group especially vulnerable to infection. I smell, as a person who's been reading press releases for quite some time now, I smell a freaking embedded rat in this one. Mm -hmm. I don't trust these people. I don't trust these people. I don't. I mean... I, I would trust these people if I had never heard of them. Mm -hmm. Fauci, Walensky, the psycho from NIH, Francis Collins, and um, a guy yesterday who told, told us that we can have some freedoms, but it's a collective that we live in our communist uh, circle. It's crazy. All right, so Ducey also asked um, about... Uh, did we hit the inflation one already? Did we... We did it. On the state of America right now, inflation obviously at a 31 year high oh, right did. now. Did Americans yeah, are seeing that. Okay. Uh, I forgot which one. Um, she talked about, and this is another thing that this administration does. I don't know why. She talked about um, Landro, Mitch Landro of uh, Louisiana. He's going to be the one making sure the money's spent the way it should be. Yeah. Say that Mitch Landrieu uh, is starting his job uh, today. He's going to be in attendance at the at the ceremony today. He'll be traveling with the president tomorrow, and then uh, he will be getting to work uh, right away. And uh, as our executive order is an indication of, the president is very focused. They call him Sheriff Joe for a reason. Um, on the Nobody calls him Sheriff Joe. <laughs> Sheriff Joe. Nobody's ever called him Sheriff Joe. There's no, been no Sheriff Joe talk anywhere. 
I literally can't remember ever having heard that. It's it's incredible. Incredible. Um, uh, let me see. Let's okay. Let's go to the Rittenhouse stuff. No, uh, no. Let's go to uh, Ducey asking about Kamala Harris and the fact that there is infighting in the White House. Are a few reports from over the weekend that the vice president is unhappy. Can she expect the president's automatic endorsement if she decides to run herself in either 2024 or 2028? Well, first of all, the president selected the vice president because uh, to serve as his running mate because he felt she was exactly the person he wanted to have. By- he selected the vice president because he pledged last year to select a woman and then a bunch of editorials, including the Globe and USA Today and the Washington Post, said, you better pick a black woman. And so he picked a black woman. <laughs> that is why. It has nothing to do with her resume or he, or he would never have selected her. By his side to govern the country. She's a key partner. She's a bold leader. And she is somebody who has taken on incredibly important assignments. Uh, whether it is addressing the root causes of migration at the Northern Triangle or taking on a... Uh... Oh, can you imagine having to do this? Saki, who last night put out her treat tweet saying, uh, just so you know, she's a very, very talented and important person who's also undoubtedly been leaking the story to begin with through her communication right. staff, is now half-heartedly, smugly uh, suggesting... That, oh, no, she's really important. She's doing important things like looking at root causes. If that's not a way to needle her. <laughs> Poor cause of democracy in voting rights. Uh, so that is who the president selected. Uh, I, I don't have any predictions of whether she will run, when she will run. I will leave that to her. But I can tell you that there's been a lot of reports out there and they don't reflect his view or our experience with the vice president. And so you guys have not heard that the vice president or key members of her staff are unhappy. Uh, here's what I know, Peter. I know that the president relies on the vice president for her advice, for her counsel. Uh, she's somebody who is not only uh, uh, taking on issues uh, that are uh, challenging. She's not looking for a cushy role here. Uh, no vice president is. No president is. Uh, and that she's somebody that um, is a valuable member of the team. And he expects to also, you can all expect to be out there uh, uh, out in the country on the infrastructure bill. And he's looking forward to having her out there, too. Yeah, yeah. If that's not a if no If she's conference. out there on the infrastructure bill as much as she was uh, getting it passed, then that's going to be, like, none. But, I mean, yeah, uh, clearly, from what you said, like, all these allies and aides and stuff wouldn't be telling the press that she's mad at the White House for giving her uh, terrible, uh, impossible jobs to do that make her look bad. By if, the way... If she didn't tell them to do that. Well, right. Like, there's but, no way if you're like Kamala's best friend that you go tell CNN that Kamala's mad at the president if Kamala loves the president. Right. Like, why? What? It just makes no sense. No. And also, by the way, what is the job she wants? What is the? She wants to be president, and no, that's I, what the no, Biden administration that, and, but, is but, afraid but, of. But what is the job with? What is the? What is the task with photo ops that she wants right now that she's not getting? <laughs> I can't think of one <laughs> that you where you'd want to be on this. You know, like I mean, I <sighs> guess if she'd run the talks on the bipartisan infrastructure bill or something, then that would like, I mean, because that passed, right? So right. that's like a success as far as it goes in the Biden administration. Yeah, but what does it tell you that she wasn't involved? 
Yeah, she wasn't even there. She yes, got sent to do some like tour of something in Maryland that she's, day. She's been in Paris, you know, buying stuff at a store. Right. That tells you that she doesn't have, as they said, the skill set. She didn't make a lot of friends in the Senate. So, but what the aides have been leaking is that she feels that he's not utilizing her skill set. <laughs> I got some... She could be doing much more than she is. Yes, I got uh, some messages regarding her ascendance in her, San What Francisco. her skill set is. Yes, yes. Uh, okay, so, you know, just to go with what uh, the buzzing insanity that's out there. Fine, Kamala's... Uh, Grabian put together a good collection of what the media's been saying. The Kyle Rittenhouse thing, the left and progressives, I don't even know, they really sh- don't, and even the right, actually, there shouldn't really be sides taking on this. We've engaged in this fight where people have declared, I don't even know what this is supposed to be a referendum on. <laughs> it's like, I, I understand you want to say, you want to use white supremacy as much as possible, but if that's the case, then they should be happy. We're down two white guys, and one's got a gimpy arm now. So isn't that good, right? The whites are bad, right? That's what I'm told. So I don't even know. In the rest, the ones who say, like, no, because they were there arm in arm with Black Lives Matter, it's not, no, they weren't. They were just going there to, they're nihilists. They're going there to. Yeah, he killed the one who was screaming the N-word, who was just released from the mental hospital that day and joined in the general mayhem. These guys are like anarchist F-ups. So what? They're they're no I don't understand where they're attaching to, but they've decided they have to attach to to them. And uh, Well, because so there was the narrative, like in Biden's they've all been telling us that right wing terrorism mm-hmm. is like the greatest threat to our democracy, so January sixth and all that and whatever. So Kyle Rittenhouse, if you frame the story a certain way, is like a really good example of that. If you say like oh, this white kid drove across state lines with an illegal gun to shoot up a Black Lives Matter protest. Thank goodness he was stopped after he only killed two white guys. He would have killed a lot more black people if he, the mass shooter, quote unquote, had been allowed to keep going because they're framing it like he was some mass shooter who like, that he was a, you know, Adam Lanza who had a plan to go shoot up a protest because he was a white supremacist and hated black people. So this is like what they, they've like created this narrative in their head that that's what happened. And that narrative just doesn't go with the reality that happened. So it's like they're, they're not, they're arguing with something that didn't exist. So now if you want Kyle Rittenhouse to get off, then you want the white supremacist who drove across state lines to shoot up a Black Lives Matter protest, quote unquote, to get off, even right. though he's a domestic terrorist. Mm-hmm. Like, well, but also it's it, there's so nothing to it that everybody, as you've just been saying, everybody has emphasized with great sobriety and import the prepositional phrase. Across state lines. Is that a prepositional phase? Mm-hmm. phase? Meanwhile, the state uh, actually... Oh, oh, hold on. But us, like, states have lines, and he was in another state. What's the point? I don't get it. He drove mm-hmm. across state well, lines. What's he supposed it... to do? Burrow under state lines? I don't yeah. understand. So they're trying to say, by saying that... He had no dog in the fight. He just wanted well, to yeah, go... yeah. He just right. wanted to go shoot up the protest. Although, it was like, right... He worked there. Like, it was... Well, close to the state line and yes, he but, drove across it but 
And so it's interesting that you raise that because that's part of the thing is that, yeah, it's again trying to frame it that this thing is what happened, that he's like this person who did this and not that he went there with a group of people who were trying to defend the businesses on purpose, that that was like this, this underlying motivation for all this. And it is interesting because there have been several prominent leftists who have said like, wow, now that I see what happened, I was really wrong about this. Mm -hmm. Like a few. A few people have said that. Now, it would be better if they would pay attention to what happened at the time when it happened instead yeah, of spreading but, lies yeah, about yes, it Alice, to all their viewers they, for months and months they? and months because it's inconvenient, right? No, because they were in a fever pitch because Trump. True. Trump's true. gone. So so listen to this. So now there's really nothing other than the state line was breached. Well, the, right. And, and oh, well, I was going to mention about that too. The prosecutor in another episode of his utter incompetence, didn't present any evidence on the, you know, he wasn't supposed to have a gun yet anyway charges that they filed. So the judge dismissed those because they yes. didn't put anything forward on those charges, Did which would have been like the easiest to prove. Right, which means the kid's going to walk. So, so yes, so so they've got nothing with the across state lines. It's, mm-hmm. that, that's yeah, there's it. nothing there. Across state lines, the white supremacists shot white guys. So there's nothing, well, there, but they want to use people. this. I know, but they want to use this obviously as the vehicle. So what they've now transferred, Rittenhouse, they can't get for anything but crossing state lines. <laughs> so now the entire Sauron's eye—it's Sauron who has the eye, right? Yeah, is now moved <laughs> over here to the new target of this. I don't see how anybody can say that this judge is not biased and is not leaning in a certain direction. I think that the behavior of the judge in totality is the, the problem. The guy with the His stupid hair? is an absolute joke. He's been a joke from the very beginning. Clearly, this guy has biases that are affecting the administration of this case. I completely agree from Say my it. observation Say that it. the judge is entirely biased. The judge is making it pretty much impossible for the jury to actually consider all the facts and come up with a, um, a verdict where justice will be served. You've tweeted and talked about the fact that the judge is racist. Here we go. You think that impacts how he is managing this trial. He has made a series of decisions. Each one perhaps may be individually defensible, but in totality lead to the impression of a biased racist judge. Oh, there we go. Trump rally cell phone. Um, uh, <laughs> that is trying to get Rittenhouse uh, a walk. God I mean, bless the USA ringtone, which is no, the uh, Trump rally yeah. oh, theme my song. It appears that this judge is auditioning for the cameras and looking for his next gig on Fox News. He sounds like he's watched too much Bill O'Reilly. I mean, he's acting like Archie Bunker in there. We when the it, judge Jim. asks the entire room if there are any veterans here and demands that the entire room clap for a veteran, and the one veteran in the room happens to be the expert witness coming forth to testify on behalf of Kyle Rittenhouse, that's an example of a pretty biased uh, courtroom. How the guy talked about the lunch order, I don't get it. The <laughs> Asian joke, I don't get it. I don't know that he even made an Asian joke. Well, he. I know that I'm not allowed to judge it because I'm not Asian. The judge has had Can so many Can you imagine the in this- mental horsepower behind that <laughs> crossover? <laughs> Oh, you didn't see it? I know I'm not allowed to judge it because I'm not Asian. There you go. You still whatever woke crazy distorted. It wasn't remote. an Asian joke. There was a no. supply chain joke. Right. Yes. That because they had ordered Asian. Oh, case that bring into question his own biases. Whether it's the ringtone, whether it's the Asian statement, whether it's the it's applause, a statement you now? the applause yep. for a defense witness because he was a veteran. Those things 
really yeah. impact people's feeling that that this is a courtroom that we can have trust in. This guy, maybe, you know, legally he's right about things. I've been listening to the legal folks, but certainly his demeanor, the way he speaks to the prosecution, uh -huh. the way he looks at Kyle Rittenhouse like as his grandson. I mean, come on, America. So you hear this? It's a racist judge racist mm -hmm. uh and uh, white supremacist judge now he's the one with the trump phone the trump song you know mm -hmm. that's his, that's the national anthem for racists why is the media why are they all doing whatever they can they've they've fallen back and they've created a new readout in an earthen uh, uh protection hill now to stand by it and try to make another offensive why are they doing this so that when he inevitably gets off Mm -hmm. They have somebody to be mad at. And then... Riot. Correct. <laughs> Absolutely. That is what they want. This is the media begging to have riots. They love it. That's what kind it. of dog whistle was that music choice, by the way? Ooh, uh-oh. Yeah, I didn't even put that together. I don't like that. So, you know what tells me... And this is the third time I've done this in a row, Alice. Mm -hmm. Once again... Um, I have one cut left to get to, and once again, we're not going to get to it. I'll just, you know what? I'll just play the very beginning of it, and you'll realize why we're not going to spend any time. I'm running for governor. There he is. That's all you have to know. Beto O'Rourke is running for governor. It's not worth talking about. I don't know how many races he wants to lose to run again. I welcome it. I think it's going to be fun. Go right ahead, and uh, good luck, Beto, my friend. Do this one in English, I would suggest, considering there's an immigration problem happening in Texas where you're trying to get, grab guns. Thank you so much, everyone, as always, for listening. You look beautiful, by the way. That Your lipstick looks fantastic. Thank you. I'm not even... I lost this lip liner for a while, but then I found it again. What's the difference between lip liner and lipstick? Um, You use both. The lip liner goes around really? the edge, and then you fill in with lipstick. It's beautiful. It's so, like, nice and... But I'm really low on the lipstick. I have to... And it's, oh. like, I don't think they make it anymore. I've had it for a while, you, so... Are you begging people for lipstick is that what you're trying no. to do? soliciting lipstick no i need to go to a like a store like an ulta that has samples and try mm -hmm. and match the lipstick so well. that i can have a similar color again because well, you look i'm very low on it but i do like this combo yeah thank it is you nice. Well, now that we've subjected everybody to that, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod. You can also find us at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast or at Burn Barrel Podcast.com. You can uh, email us if you want to. That's uh, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us at Burn Barrel.locals.com at Patreon.com slash Burn Barrel. We're back on YouTube for now, although with all that vaccine talk, I don't know. We could be gone again pretty soon. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. 
Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com